Hello, and welcome to the First Baptist Hanford podcast. Our primary mission at FBH is to love God, love people, and serve the world. We hope that this weekly podcast will encourage you in your daily walk with Christ as we play for you our most recent sermon audio. Let's have a listen. Hey, uh, parents in the room, any parents in the room who got their kids into school this week, come on. Yeah, a resounding woohoo. We did it, guys. We made it through the summer. Um, man, our house is just crazy right now. And we went from three kids being into school to four kids being into school. And it was like everything broke. Like everything that we did broke like on a normal normal schedule. So Sarah and I are like, how do we do this? Like getting four kids like out of bed, dressed, like forget showers. Those aren't happening. Uh, like dressed packing a lunch and getting them all to school at the same time. And then also like the youngest one who had kind of a harder time this week getting into kindergarten, like prying him off of legs and just being like, okay, bye, you know, (laughs) that whole thing. And so uh, we did it though, we did it. Um, And uh, and yeah, so I, I hope you guys have had a great week. We've had a great week. Last week, I wanted to let you in on a little bit, uh, Uh, If you were here last week, we asked um, all of you to respond in some way to cards that we left on all of your chairs. And our bad, if you thought that those seats were saved, because I know some of you were like, oh, I can't sit there. Man, there is is nowhere to sit today. but, uh, but our bad if that was you. Um, but we left these, these cards on all the chairs that at the end of the service, we asked you to respond, to commit to something. The, the different things that we have really been pushing at for the past eight or nine months now. Um, and, uh, and so the four things were, I'm committing to Christ for the first time. Uh, I am committing to sharing Jesus with someone from my oikos for the first time. Um, I'm committing to joining a small group or I'm committing to serving the church. Those are the four things that we asked people to respond to. And I wanted to, uh, to share some of those response numbers with you really quickly because it was an incredible, absolutely incredible week. Uh, first of all, apart, apart from the response cards, last week uh, we had about f- almost 500 people on our campus last week, 82 of which were between the ages of zero and 12, um, which is really exciting. So like our kids ministry was just like, I don't know what we're gonna do. We got, we're running out of space over there, which is a great, great problem uh, to be able to have. So that was incredibly exciting. Um, but to the actual responses, 14 people committed to uh, living their life for Christ for the first time ever last week. Yeah. We had, uh, we had over 120 people commit to sharing Jesus with someone in their oikos, which is absolutely incredible. So next week, we should have 120 more people here, which I'm really excited about. Um, no, but, uh, but I prayed for you all this week, those of you who committed to that, um, because that's a challenge, and that can be difficult, and that can be a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, and so I prayed for you guys this week, and man, I am so excited to hear stories that come out of that commitment to the 120 plus of you who, who uh, committed to that. We also had around 100 people commit to serving the church this year, and so next week we're going to get an opportunity to see all 100 of you who committed to the church sign up for some ministry in some place. Um, we have your names and email addresses, just as a reminder, okay? Um, and... Uh, And then lastly, uh, which is what this morning is all about, we had, again, over 120 people commit to joining a small group this year. 
um, which we're incredibly, incredibly excited about um, as well. So because today is, uh, is all about small groups and us celebrating the idea of, of loving people through those groups, uh, we're going to be talking a bit about small groups and what it is that they're all about. Because small groups, for me specifically, completely and totally revolutionized my faith and my life completely and totally revolutionized it. And, and as I got into like our first small group is like a married couple. Um, and I had some other ones where it was like mostly like me and some guys getting together and like, you know, fart jokes and prayer. And then we were done with the morning. Um, but, uh, but when I got into our first married couples small group, uh, we, were, we were living in Kingsburg at the time and we were doing a, a study that was really about like, the book was called For Guys, for guys' eyes only or something, and for girls' eyes only or ladies' eyes only or something like that. Um, and so we ended up splitting the group in half because we weren't supposed to talk about what the girls were reading. It said for guy, girls' eyes only. And so we're like, all right, we're going to honor that. So we ended up splitting the group, and the guys met in one spot. It was always outside. I don't know how the guys always get shoved outside, and the ladies get like the cozy house. But the guys got shoved outside. The ladies were inside by a fire drinking tea or whatever the ladies do. Um, and... Uh, and because of that small group, um, I actually had a, uh, an incredibly f- close friend of mine. Uh, he came to me one night and uh, he told me about the addiction that was in his life. Told me about the thing that was kind of keeping his heart from God, really keeping his heart from his family. Um, and I didn't want to have the conversation because he was such a good friend of mine. Uh, didn't want to rock the boat or anything like that. But he came to me because of, not because of anything I did, but simply because we were in community with one another. And we had established a relationship that was such that we had that open kind of conversation, that open dialogue to be able to come to one another and share those hurts and those burdens and those struggles uh, that, were, that, was, uh, that was on our heart. See, I didn't realize that that was the direction that small groups were supposed to go at the time. You know, for me, um, growing up, I did Bible studies. I was a part of youth groups. I was, you know, I I did all the things that a good Christian kid was supposed to do and is supposed to do and that sort of thing. Um, But I never got to a point in community where I could actually share my hurts and share my burdens and share my feelings and share my heart and share the things that I was struggling with because I was comfortable with this group of people, comfortable enough with this group of people to be able to share that. Because for me, I thought living in community was actually a lot lot simpler than that. See, living in community, to me, before I really understood what it looked like to be intentional in a group, uh, living in community to me was, you know, after church on Sunday, going to my mom's house or going to the in-law's house and uh, barbecuing and jumping in a pool and uh, watching whatever sports game was on that day um, and then staying a little bit longer than, when, than we had intended and kids would fall asleep on the way home and then we would do the school thing the next day. That was community. And that is community. But the, the thing that that community lacks really is intentionality because if, if me and my friend were to keep a relationship at that level, he never would have never would have had almost permission to be able to share with me the hurts and the concerns and the burdens and the struggles that he was having. Rather, we would continue to talk about batting averages or how great Steph Curry is or whatever it is. That is where our relationship really would have stayed. 
And I intentionally leave out the sordid details of the addiction that he struggles with or, or, or names or locations or anything like that because today that same person is a leader in their church. Um, that same person is a leader in their home and is consistently fighting the battle against temptation. All because of a small group that consistently pointed him to Jesus and one another. And our goal as a church, our mission as a church is to be able to love God, to love people and to serve the world. And those first two things in small groups gets hit real hard. We get an opportunity to love God and we get an opportunity to love people and love people deeply. The problem with church, not our church, but the capital C church, the problem with church in, in general is that most oftentimes we all pretend like we have it together, right? We're shiny. I mean, my kids, for the most part, I don't think one of my kids put on shorts yesterday, okay? And this morning when we're getting out the door, I'm like, okay, fixing like even like his eyebrows. I'm like, okay, no, you're good. You're good. You look shiny and perfect and beautiful. But we pretend like we have it together oftentimes. We pretend like nothing is wrong. We pretend like nothing bothers us. For the most part, there's exceptions, but we walk into church, say, hey, how you doing? We shake hands, we give a smile. When in reality, oftentimes, man, we got in a fight with our spouse on the way here. We got in a fight with our spouse over a parking spot outside or whether or not they should have a muffin in the back because you don't really need another muffin, honey. That wasn't something between me and Sarah, I promise. Absolutely. Um, but we pretend for the most part like we have it all together. We talked last week pretty extensively about the fact that every single one of us, regardless of who we are, we are all completely and totally messed up from the outset. Man is completely and totally depraved. It's called total depravity. It was that whole sin issue that we talked about last week, that when we enter into the world, we are broken. We are sinful creatures. So there is no point in all of us pretending like we have it together all the time. Now, I'm also not saying come in and just shout from the top of your lungs all the issues that you're dealing with or struggling with, right? Um, but I am saying that we do want to provide a forum and a place for you to be able to talk through the things that you are walking through in life. And so really the question then is, why is it that we do small groups, because I gave you a little glimpse into it, but why specifically is it that we do small groups? You know, to help, we wanna do that to help find a community that, will, that you will sharpen yourself against, as the Bible talks about. But the basis of community, this idea of, of doing life together and that life is better together isn't my idea, believe it or not. This is a, a God idea, this is a theological understanding that we as Christians hold incredibly close to the chest, whether you realize it or not. The idea uh, that God was and is in perfect community. See, we call that, our, that's the doctrine of the Trinity is what we would call that. See, if we look back uh, in creation, in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, and it's not gonna be on the screen, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, the spirit of God. So we have God the Father and we have God the Spirit. And then you look at John 1. In the beginning of John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. This is talking about Christ. 
So from scripture in the beginning, we have God, we have Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit together in perfect community with one another. Perfect community with one another. So when we as a church talk about why you should be in a small group, my first answer is going to be because God is. God is in perfect community with himself. The three in one triune God, but we need to get further down into what our specific communities, our small groups are gonna look like. Because I know there's a little bit of fear, like what is it that our small groups will actually look like? And even what's the difference between a small group and a Bible study? You keep saying small group, but really aren't we just doing the same thing as a Bible study? Well, let me break it down for you, okay? And if your Bible study hits all of these things and hits them well, then great. You're also in a small group as well as a Bible study, okay? So here we go. The first thing is small groups are devoted to teaching. Our small groups are devoted to teaching. I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are uh, in the, not necessarily here, but there's a lot of people who uh, fear that small groups really is all you're doing is like talking about your feelings, like the mushy, gushy, like, oh, I had a hard week this week. And man, how can we pray for you, brother? And we're not ever going to get into the meat and potatoes of scripture. Like, how is it that we are going to learn? How is it that we are going to progress in our faith? How are we going to deepen our faith if all we're doing is talking about our feelings every single night, right? Well, we're, we're not. Acts 2.42 tells us that the disciples is what they're talking about. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Now, I talked to all of us, I, I talked to you about this when we did our, our series called The Church, my very first series that I was ever here. We focused in the book of Acts and focused on what the early church should look like. And this is one of the verses that we honed in on. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So we're going to be doing the same thing. We are going to be devoting ourselves to the teaching of the word of God. We're going to be devoting ourselves to that. It won't look like what's happening this morning, though. Hey, if you find yourself in a small group where there is one person in front of everybody and rows of chairs, you're at church. You're not in a small group, Okay. Small groups, what we want to be able to accomplish is have a conversation. We want you guys to be able to take what it is that you heard on Sunday or take what it is that you've been reading in Scripture or take what it is that you're studying and be able to just chew on it with one another and process it with one another and be able to figure out what, which of those truths that you can really apply to your lives today. That's the goal of what a small group is. A small group will give you the opportunity to do that. And we're gonna have a couple different types of small groups. There's two types of small groups really that we're gonna be offering here. The first type of small groups that we're gonna be offering are small groups that we call sermon-based small groups. Sermon-based small groups are, are just that. They're based on the sermon that you heard on Sunday morning. And so we have allowed the small group leaders to be able to opt in or out of that. Those groups for the most part are gonna, I mean, those groups are gonna be free groups to be able to join because you don't have to purchase curriculum. We will write that curriculum, myself or Jeff or whoever is teaching. We'll have small groups that largely will help you dive deeper into what it is that you heard today. And not just today, but every Sunday because the small group questions would get boring if they were all about today. But every single Sunday morning. And so your small group leader will have those questions. Some small group leaders will send them out to their groups. Others will be power hungry and want to keep them to themselves or whatever. I'm just kidding, small group leaders. Um, but, but they will have the opportunity. You will have the opportunity to dig 
deeper. So we as a church will be able to go deeper into what it is that we are learning on a Sunday morning as well. That's one type. Those are, those are sermon-based small groups. The other type of small groups that we're going to be offering um, are just curriculum-based small groups. And so whatever type of curriculum that your group leader has decided to get, um, that is what you're going to be marching through. And the small group leaders, uh, they're, they're talking with Jeff and making sure the curriculum they're having is good, sound doctrine, sound theology, good curriculum for them to be able to... Uh, for them to be able to walk through. And sometimes there is a cost associated with those. It's usually the price of the book, depending on the group. Sometimes it's childcare, sometimes it's not childcare or whatever. Um, but, but that will be the second type of group that we offer. But regardless of what type of group that you are in, we are going to be standing on sound biblical ground with those small groups. And our goal is to be able to deepen our faith as we uh, are devoted to teaching. But beyond the teaching of the, of the truth, small groups are going to be devoted to one another. Small groups are going to be devoted to one another. Did you know that the New Testament, the New Testament alone has 59 commands that say to do something with one another or to one another? 59 commands in the New Testament alone. They're called the one another's. The 59 also include each other, but I figure those two things were close enough to be able to say, okay, one another and each other. It's kind of the same thing, right? So we're going to be devoted to one another. We're going to be devoted to each other. Our small groups are all about loving people. And Colossians 3, 12 to 14 actually tells us about that. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, at the, at the beginning of the year, when we were talking about uh, the mission of our church, I laid it out very plainly. Our responsibility, like I said, was to love God, love people, and serve the world. Our small groups is a perfect way to love people well. It's a perfect way to love people well, especially as Colossians tells us, as God's chosen people to be compassionate, to be kind, to be humble, gentle, patient, etc. Everything that verse says, it just keeps going on and on. And that is how we want to see our small groups function. That is how we want to see our small groups live in community with one another. We want to see people who are for people. We want, we want to provide a community for you that is for you. That whatever it is that you're walking through, they are for you. They are devoted to you, regardless of the season of life that you find yourself in. That they are going to help love you through it. And man, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is be completely and totally honest with somebody. Amen? But we want to see people who are for people. We're chosen by God. And because of that, our behavior should look different. In a small group, that means that you get to care for others. You get to celebrate their triumphs, and you get to help shoulder the load when it comes to, comes to grief. Uh, we were in a, a small group uh, back when we were in Apple Valley. We were in the same small group for five years. Uh, and man, you want to get really close with somebody, stay in the same small group for a long period of time because you get to see the joys, you get to see the lows, you get to see the hurts. But as we were in that small group, we had two couples at the same time who we celebrated them getting pregnant, and then we mourned with them when both of those ladies 
miscarried their babies. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do as a friend or as a pastor is to be able to walk into their homes, be able to sit down and just cry with them, to be able to sit down and pray with them. Because I wasn't there even as a pastor. I was there as their friend. I said, hey, anything you need us to do, anything you need us to do, you let us know. But it wasn't just me. It was the fact that those two ladies, those two couples were actually in our small group together. And so as they dealt with the miscarriages that they both had within weeks of one another, they were able to lean on each other for strength. They were able to lean on each other for understanding. They were, on, they were able to lean, under, uh, lean on one another and just be angry together and frustrated and sad at the loss of life with one another simply because they were for one another. And that's what small groups does. Small groups allows you to be in perfect, in good, it's not perfect because we're on this side of eternity, in great community with one another. It allows you to, to establish bonds with people that you maybe never would have established bonds with in the first place. And then when you go through something like that, you're able to lean on other people rather than yourself. And those people get the opportunity to point you back to Jesus over and over and over again. So when you stumble and you say, I, man, I just can't do it. Like, why would God do something like this to me? You have a couple standing next to you and saying, look, it's not God, it's the world that we live in. Let's pray to a God who is bigger than our problems. Let's talk about a God who is bigger than the things that we're walking through on a regular basis. Let's have some hard conversations with one another because I care about you enough to grow your faith so your faith can grow deeper. That was a completely and totally horrible season of life for those two couples. But because they were together in a small group, they persevered. They were able to move forward. And both of those couples now were leading, the ladies are each leading uh, small groups of their own. They were in our small group and we, we left, the small group kind of shattered and they all went off and started leading their, in their own spaces. And now they get the opportunity to do what Sarah and I did initially, which is start a small group and be able to establish that community with one another, a community that just wants to be for each other. And one of the ways that, that we do that, one of the ways that we are for one another is that uh, 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 small groups are gonna be devoted to prayer. Small groups are gonna be devoted to prayer. Every single time we meet as a small group, we will pray. We will pray every single time because it's not a community group. It's not a space for you to come and just hang out with your buddies and be like, hey, what's up? How was your week, man? That's so cool. Let me tell you about this crazy story or viral video that I saw on YouTube or whatever. Like, that's not the case. That's not what we're trying to do here. Will you have fun? Will you talk about cat videos from Facebook? Sure, go nuts. But we're going to be there to be able to pray and shoulder burdens for one another. James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is both powerful and effective. And it isn't just the, the sometimes safe, like surface level prayers, right? You guys have all been to those where it's like any prayer requests and you're not familiar with anybody. You don't know who any of these people are or anything like that. And so you're like, you know what? Yeah, my knee kind of hurts. Can you pray for my knee? Because my knee kind of hurts. It's not those. I mean, sure, we can pray for your knee if your knee hurts or whatever, Right? But it's not just those surface level type of prayers that are kind of socially acceptable in a group of people that you've never really met before, the kind of dinner prayers 
We get a chance to pray for those of us to, to move forward in our walks with Christ, to be able to have the, the gumption to be able to confess our sins to one another that, so that sin can no longer control us. And we as a group can begin to pray for them and help move us forward. It's, it's a powerful thing. Our hope is that our groups can and will get to that point. And lastly, and sometimes a, a, a kind of strange feeling one is that small groups are devoted to service. Small groups are devoted to service. So when we talked about the idea of our, our mission and our vision as a church, you know, we talked about the idea that we were also gonna serve the world. And so often it's so easy for churches to be able to say, yep, I love God and yep, I love people because I got my people right here and I'm loving my people really, really well. And I love God because I wake up and I do my devos and I wake up and I, and I turn on K-Love on my way to work and I sing praise songs on my way to work. And man, it's phenomenal, which is true. But one of the ways that we want to guard ourselves against this circle the wagons mentality and being, being internally focused and only caring about the people in your small group is to be able to provide opportunities in your small group to be able to serve the world. And so when we talk about the idea that our small groups are going to serve with one another, we're talking about Hebrews 13, 1 and 2, where it says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Small groups, they're not just about you. Actually, I would argue that small groups are more about the other people in your group and the people that you are gonna be serving than it is about you. Because in simply being in that group and being in community with one another and being able to encourage and spur one another forward, you will indeed grow. So in a backwards kind of way, it is also about you. But if you're going into a small group thinking, what am I going to get out of this? I would say your thinking is probably somewhat backwards. It's maybe we need to enter into a small group season, enter into a season of community with other people thinking, how can I spur other people forward? How can I serve my community well? How can I serve the world well by being in this group? This is an intentional step to make sure that we are fulfilling our vision as a church, but also to make sure that our groups remain outward focused because the last thing we want is for our, our small groups to be in a place where we've, we've circled the wagons and only care deeply about those people who, who you're having a conversation with every Tuesday night or Wednesday night or Thursday morning or whenever y'all meet. That's the last thing that we want to do. We don't want to stagnate as a church. I don't want you to stagnate as a small group and I don't want you to stagnate as an individual follower of Christ. And so a thing that's really near and dear to both of mine and Jeff's heart and Kyle's heart, our whole staff is to be able to provide opportunities for groups to serve with one another. And we can't tell you everything that we have planned and, and we have a couple things on the front burner that we're really trying to get moving forward and fan those flames and that sort of thing. But, but man, what, what would it look like even for you if you were in a small group for you to say, you know what, this, uh, this Wednesday night, Instead of meeting as a small group, we're going we're gonna to get together and we are going to, uh, I don't know, we're, we're going to get a bunch of coats and sleeping bags together and we are actually going to go distribute those things to people who are homeless because it's getting cold outside. So we're not going to meet intentionally and we're not going to study the word intentionally. Rather, we're going to go serve people. What if it was something like that? 
What if it's something like, you know what? We as a small group, all of our kids are kind of in the same school. And so we as a small group want to figure out how we can just bless that school in some way. Man, maybe we can, maybe we can go like knock out that flower, that flower bed that is just a complete and total disaster every year because the custodial staff doesn't have a chance to get to it. Maybe we can do something like that. But we want to be outward facing as a community and not just as a church, but also in our small groups and us as individuals as well. So serving through our groups um, and going to serve, it's both a constant reminder and a simple, a simple manifestation of our goal to show hospitality to strangers and to be able to serve the world. But really, the reason we do all of our small groups, the reason we do all of our small groups is to intentionally build people into your life who will be devoted to God, people, and the world. We want to intentionally build those people into your life because without those people, you stagnate. We stagnate. I stagnate. If I don't have those people saying, hey, what do you, like, how is your relationship with God going? Me, Jeff, and Kyle, man, we went on a, a pastor's retreat about a month ago now. Um, it was real hard work. We went to the, the, uh, the coast. It's real tough. We went to the coast in July. I was like, man, okay, if we have to. Uh, but we went to the coast and we dreamed and we planned. And one of the things that I had both Jeff and Kyle as well as myself do was to be able to put, I, I told him, I said, I want seven goals for ministry this year. And I also want three personal goals for you this year. And so we, we laid out our 10 goals and we talked through them. We talked about, you know, how we're going to do them and that sort of thing. And, and just last week, Jeff walked into my office. And every time we do a, a pastor's retreat, we have a, a little red binder that I put all the notes in and everything in that we're gonna be walking through. And Jeff had his little red binder in his hand and he said, all right, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm gonna ask you about these next week. And so I wanna know where you're at with your goals. So just know it's coming. So he was gracious enough to give me a week to, uh, to lose all the weight that I wanted to lose. So I think I'm almost there, Jeff. Um, but you need to have people in your life who are spurring you forward. Jeff, in a work context, I know it's a different context because we work at a church and we get an opportunity to push each other forward in our faith and that sort of thing. It's kind of part of our job. But we get an opportunity to do that. And if it wasn't for intentionality, I wouldn't be able to be moving forward in my faith. I want people in my life, I want people in your life to be able to sharpen you, who you can sharpen as well. To be able to push yourself forward, which leads us back to every single one of us in here. The life is indeed better and deeper when you are in a small group. God showed us himself that community is one of the most important things in the entire world, simply by being in community. Small groups are home. I'll tell this story and then I'll get off the stage. Uh, Sarah and I, when we moved to Apple Valley, I told you about that small group that we were in for five years, but when we moved to Apple Valley, we didn't know anybody, legitimately knew nobody. And we were four hours away from any type of community that we had ever had. Sarah had never moved 20 minutes from her front door. And so you can imagine how happy her mom was when I told them that we were moving four hours away. Not fun. But we did, and we went, and year one was hard. It was really, really hard. And we forced ourselves to get into a small group. We forced ourselves to. Uh, also, it was part of my job description that I had to be in a small group. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm not doing my job unless I'm in a small group. 
So we had to get into a small group. And man, we got into it. There were two people that we, we knew kind of well. Like we went on a double date with them, which is always weird. Like I, I don't, we're, we are auditioning to be friends right now is really what it felt like. Um, and uh, so we went out with them and it was, you know, it was good. And we're like, hey, we should do a small group together. So we did. And it was the four of us. And then, man, we started bringing some people in that I was like, I don't know. Like they talked about cars a whole lot. And like, I know that you drive them. It's <laughs> kind of it. <laughs> um, and so all of a sudden we had like this group of about like eight, 10, 12 people. And, and I was nervous and I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know who these people were. And I was like, all right, like I, I don't have a choice really. I need to do this. This is something that I need to do. And so we jumped in, and year one, just, just acclimating to a new place was incredibly difficult. But we could count on that community. We could count on that small group on a regular basis that we knew regardless of what it was that we were facing that week or trying to figure out that week or trying to figure out how to sign our kids up for baseball or sign our kids up for school or sign our kids up for whatever or figuring out which gas company we're supposed to pay. You know, all of those things, regardless of what happened during the week, we knew that on Tuesday nights, we were gonna be with the same people. We were gonna be in our community with one another. And we had them to be able to lean on in a season of life that it was incredibly new and incredibly difficult. And then after a year, I started to understand these guys. I started to understand their lingo. Uh, they never invited me to go out like, like riding with them or anything like that, which I'm a little offended by, but not really, because I would have said no anyway. Um, but a year in, they felt like family to us. Two years in, those relationships went even deeper. Three years in, man, we, we brought some new people in. We jettisoned some people out because our group was expanding. It was like to 18, 20, 24 people. And we're like, hey, this isn't a small group anymore. This is a church plant. We need to break off. And so we broke off and we brought some new people in and, and, and those new people, it took a little bit of time to be able to acclimate to them and who they were, right? And the questions they asked, man, first week, I remember a guy walked in and again, the guys were outside and the ladies were inside and the guys were all around a fire pit freezing. He doesn't say anything all night, right? 45 minutes, an hour, doesn't say a word. We're asking questions, just kind of quiet to himself. And I, and I say, all right, we're gonna take some prayer requests. And he goes, hold on. He said, he said, do you guys believe in predestination or free will? And I was like, what are you talking about? We're about to pray, bro. How can you like jump into that right now? And so it took some getting used to. Like that's not a question that you ask right before prayer, okay? Just, just for all of you in here. But it took some acclimate. And man, those two people are two of our most dear friends in the entire world now that I never would have known unless I said yes to jumping into a small group, yes to jumping into community. They've come and visited us here numerous times, even though they have no reason to be in Hanford, California. They've come and visited us here and they continue to spur us on towards Jesus. Church, what would it look like if, if every single person in our church found a community that deepened their understanding of the word? Found a community that was for every single person in their group was committed to one another, to devoted to prayer, and even, even leaned on one another to serve, to be able to say our responsibility isn't just to each other, but our responsibility is to the world, and pushed those people forward.
And church, we would have the most potent community of believers in Kings County. And like the early church, people would be coming to faith in droves simply because they would recognize the attractiveness of being in community with each other and pointing one another to Jesus on a regular basis. Let's pray, church. Father, I'm, I'm thankful for our community. I'm thankful even for me and jumping into a brand new small group this year and what that looks like and what that means and, and the new relationships I get to form and the depth of that community that my desire would be to be able to have a place to share my heart where people can share their heart, where people can spur one another forward, where people can be for one another and we can dig into the truth of the word, the scripture. God, we can look at, look at what it actually means to live a life according to your word, according to what your son commanded us to do. God, to be in a community that potent, to be able to, to just be authentic with one another, to be a space that would be an, a space that would just be okay inviting others into it. For those who maybe are nervous to walk into a church, an intimidating building like this on a Sunday morning, rather than, than just, hey, you know what? Why don't you come, come have dinner with me and some friends? We talk about stuff about Jesus and things in our life. God, that my small group would look like that, that my community would look like that, that, that we would take opportunities to say, tonight, we're not, it's not gonna be about us tonight. We're gonna stop this for one night and we're gonna be outward facing and go serve the world. We're in some way gonna find people who need help, who need a hand up, and we're gonna serve them in some way. God, I pray that my small group would be an incredibly potent, group of believers who love you and love people so much they can't help but just exclaim it, Father. God, and as I pray that for, for my community, I pray as a church that we would recognize the need for that. That our church is too big to be able to just have community here on a Sunday morning. That this isn't the only place where we get an opportunity to deepen our faith, that really our faith gets deepened as we, as we chew on some of the theological issues that are brought to the front burner on a Sunday morning. To chew on some of the issues, some of the things that we have just on our hearts and on our minds, some of the things that we've learned. Maybe it's season of life, God, I don't know. But Father, I pray that we would be intentional about being in community with one another because that's what you are. You're perfect community. That's what... That's what Jesus did with his people, with his disciples. It's what the early church did with his people. That's what Paul did. God, that's what you have commanded us to do as well. And Father, if there's people in here who are just like, I, don't, I haven't even said yes to Jesus yet. So I don't even know what this whole community thing is, but it sounds like something that, that if that's what the church believes, that's what the church should do, and I want to be a part of it. God, if there are people in here who have not yet said yes to you with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I would just ask them to pray along with me. We pray the ABCs here at FBH, where I'd say, A, Father, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm messed up. I'm not shiny. I'm not perfect. I sin every single day. I recognize my need for God every single day. 
B, I, I believe, though, Father, that you sent your son to die on the cross on my behalf so that I could forever live in eternity with you. And even while I'm here, to be able to be in community with people who love you and see that I would choose to follow him every single day of my life because that decision is way too important not to. So Father, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your son and I'm thankful for what you're doing in the life of our church. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the FBH podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this week's sermon. Music was by the band Broke for Free, and if you would like more information about our church, feel free to check out fbhanford.org. That's fbhanford.org. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.